I love you to be curious and drop us an SMS to 31702. Otherwise, a WhatsApp on 072-702-1702. And uh, uh, I'm going to be opening up the lines in about 10 minutes or so. I want to get your opinion on what it's going to take to turn South Africa around. Because whatever your political persuasion is, whatever way you're going to be voting on Wednesday... South Africa cannot be the same country it is now five years from now, or otherwise we are just doomed to fail. Uh, it's a simple mathematical equation, right? If we continue in the current trajectory that we have and that we're on, where we have more people on social welfare than we do taxpayers, where we are uh, producing more uh, unemployed uh, school leavers than we are job opportunities for them, well, what sort of future are we looking towards the fact of the matter is is that south africa needs a desperate transformation and uh, whichever way shape or form it takes i would argue that half a decade from today uh, south africa is going to be unrecognizable now the dalla omar institute's women and democracy initiative has released reports providing feminist analyses of how the ancda and the EFF, as well as the Women Forward Party, deal with gender in a way that transcends the traditional focus on gender-based violence, violence and gender quotas. And it, where this idea of change comes in, because the report also looks into the treatment of women by parties in all areas, from job creation, minimum wages and the wage gap, to land, housing, education, health and social security. And I'd argue that if we do not fundamentally change the place of women in South African society, well, we may as well uh, all pack up, blow out the candles and leave. And uh, I am looking forward to a very uh, illuminating conversation on exactly this subject with Vivian Mentalalu. She is a researcher at the Dalla Omar Institute's uh, Women and Democracy Initiative. Vivian, thank you so much for patiently holding while we finished up with Bonang Mohale. And uh, I mean, am I hitting the nail on the head here? If we don't change the uh, role, the place and uh, status of women in South African society, well, we may as well just pack it all up. Yeah, well, that's that's definitely what what we would believe. Um, good evening. Um, and yet, uh, surprisingly enough, uh, from just examining the manifestos of the ANC, the DA, and the ESF, um, we were quite disappointed um, in terms of just how they treat women and the, the analysis as well as the proposals that they make. So, so give us a little bit of, uh, of, of what you've found, because it's very, very easy every five years to mm. stand up and say, well, look at us, look at us, you know, you know and throw mm. out the slogans, throw out the, the promises and grandstand on gender issues when it comes yes. into the election cycle. But how are the things that are actually in the manifestos of the big three going to change the lot of women in South African society? Well, maybe, maybe let me take a, just a step back briefly just to maybe explain to you and your listeners why we did this to start with. Because I think a lot, a lot of people accept that manifestos are often electioneering um, cut tools. But we, we wanted to just grapple with the promises that are being made in them because firstly, we wanted to, of course, just be able to tell people um, what's being promised and to, to analyze it from a gender perspective. But we're also hoping that it will be an accountability tool that, that goes beyond elections. 
so that after the elections, we can hold these parties accountable uh, to some of the promises um, that they made. And of course, you know, to point out the gaps as far as we we see it. So we, we looked at uh, we wanted to take a feminist intersectional approach. So we didn't only want to look at how do these political parties respond to gender-based violence. We wanted to look at how do they respond to women and health, women and education, women and land ownership, women and leadership, and so on, Um, and to give us a picture of just how well and integrated the response is to to dealing with uh, the obstacles and inequalities and the layers of inequalities that women face in South Africa. Uh, maybe you maybe you could go a little bit further uh, and 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 paint the picture for us because uh, I would argue that it's not down to politics that you know, mm. South Africa's women are where they are in our society. I mean, it's I, the politics have fed off a deeply patriarchal system that has essentially just led us into where contemporary South Africa finds itself today. Yes, indeed. And, and look, we, we have the, the ruling party having been in power um, for, 20, for 25 years. And my colleague, Sam, who analyzed um, their manifesto, um, so the language that she used to describe it was to say more of the same uh, lip service to women. And, you know, her analysis sort of reveals the, the lack of actually having been having had the resources as the ruling party for 25 years, not having made shifts for women in any real way. So um, I think that that is obviously something that, that we elaborate on in, in the report. And when we, when we looked at the DA, for example, when we looked at the, the manifesto, it was quite interesting because we found their analysis to be quite gender blind. So um, women feature as victims in their gender-based violence section, but we don't see them integrate women at all um, in any of the other sections of of the manifesto. So I think I think that 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 you are right about this idea that it's not about politics, but of course in this moment as we leading up the elections, we are looking at our, who our elected representatives will be and how they'll be able to drive an agenda that's truly reformative and looking at eradicating gender equality. I mean, it, it's going to be a tall task, whoever is in the union buildings after May the 8th. Let's just be quite frank. And uh, we've got a whole host of parties that are on the ballots uh, this coming mm. Wednesday, but uh, We've only got one party that's that's really got an exclusive focus on women, and that's the Women Forward Party. And uh, yes. based on what I've read about it, the manifesto essentially uh, tries to place it as an intersectional party that uh, that that has patriarchy in its sights in terms of the uh, the biggest enemy that South Africa is facing. But uh, mm. I mean, it's sad to say. I would like to see that uh, the Women Forward has a, a big representation in Parliament, but. Inside this morass of 48 parties, do you mm-hmm. actually predict them doing well enough to get what? One, two, three, maybe five mm-hmm. MPs in the National Assembly? Yes, indeed. And, and I think that's why it's important that, uh, that we looked at the bigger parties and see how they integrated the issues of, of women in an, in an intersectional manner. 
But I think in terms of the women forward, um, our, our colleagues, our researchers who looked at them, also what they said was that they are, the women forward at least was one of the few parties that approached it that if they should win any seats in parliament, that they approached as they will be in opposition. And they could do as a party in opposition. Whereas you see parties like ESF and the DA often in the manifestos refer to themselves as a government in waiting. Um, and, and what it does then in terms of what they propose, uh, particularly the DA in, in their manifestos, can come across as quite unrealistic uh, as well. You know, so, so how about telling us a little bit about what you intend to do as the main opposition party, potentially, um, after, after the elections? Vivian, taking the words right out of my mouth, same old story (laughs) with opposition parties, essentially, they don't need to be kept uh, to to, held to account on what's in their manifestos. So a lot of the times I'm waiting for the parody to come out in South African politics where someone puts together a manifesto saying that they're going to, you know, change the South African water system to beer and serve (laughs) ice cream as opposed to staple bread when it comes to you know, outreach programs, because uh, let's be honest, you can put whatever the hell you like in a manifesto. If you're not going to be in power, well, who cares? Exactly. And I think that that is the the point that our researchers found that it it would be, it would be really, really useful to, to, for, for, for parties to put in their manifesto, should they not be in power, what are they going to do? So, so it makes it very, very easy for political parties to make the most outlandish promises um, knowing that they won't potentially be the, the government, you know, the kind of ruling party. So, yes, we, we definitely found that. But look, in this instance for us, it was still an important exercise to look at those manifest- manifestos and to look at what promises are being made. So despite that, we will still be looking to be holding the EFF and the DA, of course, as well as the ANC, accountable to the promises that they've made to women. But as I mentioned to you earlier, there are huge gaps um, in all the manifestos where, where women and the women's structural oppression and inequality is completely ignored in some of the key areas. Um, and that's, of course, something that, that as, as women and as, femini- as a feminist organization, we would want to keep our eye on as well. Okay, so so let's talk about Cyril Ramaphosa though, because yeah, and and I say this with the caveat uh, every single time I open my mouth and say I think that Cyril Ramaphosa is going to be the president after May eighth of the election. I will gladly sure. be proved wrong if that is the reality after the ballot. But let's talk about Cyril in the union buildings. I mean, do do you buy the you know, for instance the women's summit, the 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 various uh, programs that he's tried to get involved in in terms of not only. Uh, simply paying lip service to the scourge of uh, mm. gender-based violence in South Africa, but actually doing something about it. I mean, I don't want to go down the road and debate the merits of uh, Batagiwe Glamini sure. in the women's uh, uh, ministry. But but Cyril Ramaphosa, I mean, how do you rate his walking the talk in terms of what he's said and what he's done as president to try and change uh, uh, the uh, the patterns of patriarchy in South Africa? Mm. So I think, I mean, I think referring back to the total shutdown um, movement last year and and, uh, the president being responsive and meeting, and that was clearly something that I think the the women's sector was quite quite encouraged by. 
But I, I, from our perspective and looking at the fact, looking at our analysis at this point, it really looks like the promises that are coming out of the manifesto is more of the same. So it's promising a national plan of action, um, you know, but the, the commitment to the Gender-Based Violence Summit is already going the same way as the other ANC commitments that we have seen over the past 12 years. So we don't see a budget and we see missed deadlines. And so for us, the budget aspect is quite critical because this whole idea of just show me the money. Um, and so we've seen the president make promises and, and showing uh, um, an understanding of the issues that women face and being responsive, which was really welcomed. And then when the budget was released in February, when when my colleagues, uh, my economist colleagues analyzed the budget, we didn't see the reflection in the budget, the commitment to women and women's issues. It was clearly absent in the budget. And so for us, that is quite a key point. Uh, so the president can be making yeah, promises, I mean, the, the, but if the money isn't there for yeah. it, then it means nothing. Put, and, put, and that's put your money where your mouth is. At. Put your that's money where exactly your mouth is. That's exactly the point. And now, do you think yeah. that this this changes though? If uh, you know, let's talk about the latest gossip. Inkosizana uh, Lemini Zuma apparently in the running to become deputy president. I mean, that also once again will be a, yeah, to my mind, a nice gesture and a good move. Mm. But once again, the proof is in what actually happens if she becomes deputy president. And and if we're talking about fundamental change of the patriarchal system, yeah. I mean, I don't know if our leaders, Sir Ramaphosa being one of them, have the interest of actually doing that. Yeah, and I, and I look, obviously, for us, the quotas are important, you know, having um, um, and the ANC commits to 50 percent of women. But it's not enough. Um, and and when we look at the, the budgets and the regressive budgets, um, and this is the other uh, point that came out in our analysis of the ANC's manifesto in particular. We've seen the budget be regressive. We're seeing um, budget cuts, um, and we're seeing a whole lot of um, proposals around budget cuts that affect people on the ground directly. And in the manifesto, we don't see much information on how that is going to shift. So for us, we're looking at taxes. Will the VAT, will there be relief for poor people? Will VAT be lifted? We don't see that. We don't see an increase in. We don't see the increase in corporate taxes, or, for example, this idea of a wealth tax. So we don't see. And for me, I think, and for us at the Women and Democracy Initiative, if we're not going to talk about the fiscus um, and how the, those things are going to shift, then I think we're going to struggle to for the promises to be kept. Well, we wait with bated breath to see what happens in the first hundred days, because like you say, it's it's easy to talk a big game. And this is silly season, right, Vivian? I mean, yes. whatever yeah. whatever a politician says, it feel, I feel as though as a South African citizen, you're going to be walking around with this huge big salt shaker to try and digest yes. everything that gets thrown at you in the, the, the final push before. But, um, uh, you know... As a, as a final word from you, then, besides putting the money where where our politicians' mouths are, uh, fundamentally changing the patterns of patriarchy in South African society is not a five-year exercise. Uh, and no. at the end of the day, whoever gets elected on May the 5th, they need to yeah, begin this journey. But yeah, like Mandela said, uh, we can cross many, many rivers, we can cross uh, and climb many, many hills, only to find that there are so many more to climb before us. Yeah, 
for us, so some of the other work that we do, it is about getting, being, getting citizens active, getting South Africans active in actually monitoring and holding the government accountable. And I think that's part of the picture for us between elections. So there's a whole lot of fanfare right now with elections coming up. But we, for us, it's just critically important to keep South Africans engaged with looking at engaging with the budgets, holding our politicians accountable, claiming the parliament as a people's parliament for real. And so those are some of the things that for us we will be working and promoting between elections so that you're not only having a huge fanfare um, and, and kind of a whole lot of conversations only at the point of elections. Preach, 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 uh, Vivian Mentalali. Thank you so, thank you so much for joining us to the Karima Brown Show. Thank and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll touch base again after elections to find out, uh, uh, you know, whether or not Definitely. these politicians are actually walking the talk of what they've said in this electoral uh, mission uh, to May the eighth. But strength to you and your pen at uh, the Dalla Oma Institute for Women, Women and Democracy. Thank you, Nicholas. Vivian Mentalali on the Karima Brown Show. What do you think it's going to take to dismantle patriarchy? Hmm? What is it going to take to turn South Africa around from an economic point of view? That's our topics of discussion this hour on the Karima Brown Show. I want you to join me because the lines are now open.